Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode 152 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Gongs, the only podcast where Mark Blankenship, me, and Sarah D. Bunting, my co-host, talk about the finest brass gongs from all dynasties of <laughs> medieval China. No, wait, I got that wrong. That's what we're recording tomorrow. This is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. And today we have, per my fandiferous co-host, Sarah Bunting, a hot-ass hit that has been brought to the table. Sarah, what are you having us talk about today? Um, today, we are going to talk about Britney Spears' Toxic. Uh, I'm super excited to marinate in the many chart facts that you, Mark, will know about this. I have a few. Um, it's true. Listeners, Mark once sent me a vintage 1999 VMAs postcard with Brittany on it that uh, still <laughs> occupies pride of place on my desk. Um, I am inspired by her daily, mostly to avoid certain behaviors like <laughs> having a conservatorship declared by my parents. Um, before we get into Britney Spears's toxicity, however, um, and there is kind of a segue, which is that I think Britney made a road trip movie. She did that I saw in the theater oh, called Crossroads, yes. written by Shonda Rhimes. Oh my God, are you joking? I would never joke that is about the such important comeback things. of the millennium, Ms. Rhimes. Um, we have a voicemail from a listener um, that has to do with road trips. Let's have a listen. Hi, Mark and Sarah. It's Devin Alley. Uh, Mark, you may remember, may or may not remember me from Governor's School. Uh, 1995, uh, but I was curious to know if you had to pick like the absolute like best of all time road trip song, what would that be? Like you gotta, you're gonna get in the car, you're gonna travel cross country or all the way south home or whatever, uh, and you want to fill up your Spotify playlist with all kinds of awesome road tune tunes. Uh, road trip tunes, what would be like the epitome of the best one for both of you? I'm just curious. Thanks. I love you guys' show. Bye. Well, first of all, let me say, Devin, of course I remember you. In fact, I remember you with that sort of shining aura that one remembers the people that were so important to you in adolescence. Uh, your friendship meant so much to me. At that time, you were one of the first people to ever say, hey, Mark, be gay. It's great. And I just cannot tell you how much it meant to me. <laughs> also, Devin, uh, listeners, you should know, sent me some amazing mixtapes. Uh, one of them had Lamal's song, The Neverending Story, on it, which Stranger Things brought back to our collective consciousness again. But Devin was rocking that with me in the 90s. So... Hello, Devin. So lovely to hear from you. Thank you for this voicemail. Um, also, uh, I'd like to note that uh, Google's Google Voices transcription thought that she was talking to us about Milton Keynes. Yeah. That was not which, a thing that occurred. And by the way, which Sarah and I then were like, wait, The Economist? Nope. That's 
Alan Keynes or something. <laughs> Milton Keynes is a small village in England. So somehow Google Translate was like, yes, that's what you mean. Mm, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Randomly for me, one of the first things that came to my mind was the album Sounds Like This by a guy named Eric Hutchinson. And he's not that famous, but he did have a song on that album called Rock and Roll that was a hit minorly. Uh, if you want to rock, you rock. And if you, and it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to try to sing it to you. Oh, my God. We had someone recently contact us and be like, please stop singing. It sounds really bad. And I'm like, girl, are you new here? Because it's <laughs> never going to stop. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but Eric Hutchinson has an album called Sounds Like This. And it's a really, really great up-tempo album that Andrew and I have listened to in its entirety on more than one road trip. So... I would say that comes to my mind first, but I know that there's more to talk about than that. Sarah, what came to your mind? The first one that came to my mind was the song that I think I basically wore out um, listening to when I was driving across the country and back in the summer of 2011. And that is by a sort of uh, trip-hop outfit called Milo. Um, The song is called In My Arms. It has like, it's about four minutes long, but it has like, sort of movements within it so mm. if you are driving across a plain state the you know width wise um the, that whole album is excellent but in my arms is perfect um if you're really talking about like well you know we're leaving and we're excited to hit the road and it's that moment where well i was gonna say like the whole family is piled into the car and we're gonna throw the you know, the first tape of the trip onto the tape deck, uh, I should note that in my family, that also involved my mom shutting the back door and being like, all right, let's get this over with. (laughs) Sometimes in those words. But what we would usually put on first was the American Graffiti soundtrack, which led Mm. with Bill Haley's Rock Around the Clock, which was a pretty fun way to sort of like get onto the on-ramp of the turnpike. Often there were like cats clambering around the um, station wagon trying to get comfortable. And uh, it was before the whole project had begun to seem like a huge mistake to have the entire family crammed into that small space for that long a time. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a good one. Um but it's it's funny to try to pick one of these. It's a really good question because like road trips have um, like acts. Yes, they have movements and moods. Yes. So I mean, the, like there's the beginning of the road trip. There's that point in the road trip where like you're barely speaking just because you can't with the other right. Person. Not because you're mad. It's just that you've run out of things to say for a while. It, yeah. Or. Um, you're by yourself and it's been like, you're entering like hour 11 of having not really seen anyone that you, or interacted with anyone that you know. And sometimes you're like in a zone and that's good. And other times you're feeling really kind of blue and it's been cloudy and that's not good. So it's an interesting question because to pick one, um, song to rule them all when, the average like multi-day road trip does have like a narrative arc that might not obey a single song is an interesting uh it's a it's a poser as they would say and not in the bad way yeah i i was thinking about this a lot as well and i was referencing a playlist on my phone right now called driving today because 
when Andrew and I go on vacation, I will inevitably create a new playlist called Driving Today for that day's long drive. And the most recent one was for when we were in Australia. So I was remembering that we launched that playlist with somebody that I used to know by Gautier and Kimbra, which was a great choice. So that's been a recent hit for me. And I always, on every single playlist that I make for us, put two songs um, that have to be there every time. One is Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Mm -hmm. And the other is Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. Excellent. So I would say that those two songs are must-haves for me. So I guess those are the purest answers to Devin's question. Birdhouse in Your Soul and Wake Me Up Before You Go Go because they're both such mood lifters and you can put them on at the start of a road trip or when you need to come out of that quiet phase, they really help you get out of it. Mm. And there's always a ton of Billy Joel in any road trip. That's longer than four hours for me. There's some Billy Joel, usually Mm. the glass houses album, but sometimes I just tell my phone to shuffle all the Billy Joel that's on it, which is basically all the Billy Joel, except that oratorio, which (laughs) fuck out of here (laughs) even he doesn't remember that he made that yeah no he's like i was hoping you forgot um but a lot of that is again stuff that i associate with road trips with the family of origin and there's also the jesus christ superstar soundtrack hey oh yes element um there's early chicago when they were still called chicago transit authority there's a lot of air supply. Why did my dad like air supply? My mom my mom was always like, this is really a little moist, isn't it? And my dad's like, I don't know. I like it. Like, all right, dad. My dad um, also likes another... sex in the city. Well, you know, it's, uh, well, good for your dad. I thought it was a good show. It uh, had its moments. He was a big Samantha fan. The It's parental road trips that brought me to that uh, that kenny and dolly song a christmas to remember that we talked about recently sure (laughs) we also listened Uh, to my mother if a road trip was entering like hour seven my mother would be like all right you you don't have to like it but you have to live with it and that um willie nelson julio iglesias tape would go in to all the girls i've loved before yes there it is my brother was like if i jumped out do you think i'd survive i'm like i hope we don't let's try it clunch um andrew has a really good story about he thinks that he and his sister-in-law made his brother forever turn against musicals because they made him listen to the entire score of rent twice on a road trip they said that by the second time he was hanging his head out he was hanging his head out the window Uh, but as someone who used to listen to rent so much on the drive home from college i i get it i mean i was that kid for a while as well yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> a lot of people were that kid. Don't get your so, that kid on family members. It's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> so, Devin, thank you so much for this fabulous voicemail. And listeners, we want to thank you also for the volume of voicemails that you've been leaving for us. We do appreciate it so much. And in fact, we have happily reached the point where we have so many voicemails now that we cannot respond to them all in regular episodes. However, in August... Our patron-only single is going to be an all-voicemail single, meaning that we will play and respond to voicemails that you've sent us in that patrons-only episode. So if you would like to hear it, we would love to have you. Just join us at patreon.com slash 
Mastas, M-A-S-T-A-S, that's patreon.com slash Mastas. And if you donate at the $6 level or higher, you will have access to the all voicemail single that we drop at the end of August. So again, and please a bunch come of join other us. Stuff. And also, there are like 30 other singles that you can get on there. And we would Polls. love for you to listen to all of those as well. Oh, yeah. Join us. And, it's a good um, time. Also, yes, if you also join at the next level up on Patreon, you get to vote in the polls that impact our ranking episodes, which we would love to have you do that. And uh, there are other ways that you can uh, join Patreon that let you get special playlists made just for you, special birthday chart readings. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and we would love to have you. It's true. Okay, I suppose now we must confront uh, Ms. Spears. Um do you have any chart facts or any other facts that you feel we need to know before we listen to a clip of Toxic? No, I think we should start the with the clip and then I will have much to say. Uh, after that. Yeah, me too. Uh, here's a clip from Toxic. Okay, um, this is, in case you forgot, the video where she's basically wearing, like, a diamond body stocking for part of it, mm-hmm. and um, Shakira-ing around um, in a room th- devoid of anything except her. This is trying so hard to be sexy, and it is not sexy at all. Understand, I love the song. I just feel like this... D- um, misapprehends what is hot like it's you a mean hot... the video yeah yeah like and i've always sort of felt like this about her like um with the whole like uproar about hit me baby one more time like i'm not saying that people were wrong to be given pause by some of the more let's say you know domestically violent pedophilic content there but it's also like i don't i don't think anyone involved in this actually is um convincing me that that like that this is her or anyone else's kink i I don't know if that makes sense but like and when she's kissing that guy in the bathroom it's like do you have you ever kissed a boy like did it's just very it's very calculated and i will say that on an aural level that calculation totally works like the sum the whole is greater than the sum of the parts for sure um her voice isn't particularly strong the production is cribbing from a lot of other styles like the ventures like 
I think that that is an actual sample from a Bollywood film in the 70s, The Strings. I think so, yes. You put it all together and it works. Like, I am humming, you know, this is a professionally built single that does its job. But watching the video, like, at a certain point, I just wanted to turn away. Like, I just, the lights were on with her, but nobody was home, which I think is probably the the state of things a lot of the time with her I'm not sure she's entirely well and i just i don't know like there's something about looking at earlier britney spears product that is de- depressing frankly this is a great song but like it brings so much with it in terms of her as a cultural artifact that listening to it is great but then watching the video is like i don't think you were competent to (laughs) decide that you should make this video you're completely incompetent at kissing those are my opening (laughs) thoughts mark so i agree with you i was thinking a lot in terms of this episode about how i want to be able to talk about the song as a song yeah and divorce that from britney spears as an all-consuming cultural narrative yeah because if i may just turn our attention back to toxic the song yes you are correct about its awesomeness i feel Mm. the the pulsing swagger of this song is so exciting that part why is that so good i don't know but it is and the return of that sampled string section is always so satisfying and there's just something about the chantability of you're toxic i'm slipping under like the the syllabic pleasure that one gets from that the way that the the beat lands on the syllables is so real and i really think that this was the result of at like literal calculus, like a mathematical calculation of what was the most satisfying space between beats and when to bring the strings back after taking them away. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Well, the reason I think that you're right is because I don't know if you know who wrote this song. I don't. Oh, let me tell you. This song was written by the person who created one of my all-time favorite singles of the 90s, Kathy Dennis. Oh, yeah. Now... In the early 90s, Kathy Dennis's big hit was Touch Me All Night Long. Hold me, baby, drive me crazy. And she's crazy. in the promisode of Beverly Hills 90210. Yes, Throwing she is. Throwing out her bangs like a non-boss. Hoofa. Now, Touch Me All Night Long was actually a remake of a song from the 70s called uh, by a group called Wish, but that's neither here nor there. She had a couple of other hits in the 90s, Just Another Dream, which I loved, um, uh, the too many walls i loved i mean i was super obsessed with kathy dennis to the point that i bought her second album that didn't have any hits on it and i loved it so imagine my delight when i realized later that kathy dennis returned to prominence as a songwriter with kylie minogue's can't get you out of my head and i feel like if you know that the same person wrote can't get you out of my head that wrote toxic it becomes so clear oh yeah what this song is for because this song was i have learned 
originally offered to Kylie Minogue, mm-hmm. and she turned it down, which was a mistake. But that's neither here nor but there. But she's always been very, she's always been very um, good humored about that. That she's like, well, it happens. Yes, it all worked out. So, like, yeah, I, I think it did. Kylie Minogue just recently uh, played the one of the most successful concerts of her career in England. Like, she's fine. But <laughs> I feel like that Kathy Dennis is so good at creating dance songs that just need the lightest patina of energy and sex appeal, but that she's done a lot of the work just in the way that she's able to make the sounds land. And then the producers that she works with... Um, Take it the rest of the way. I mean, it's no accident that Kathy Dennis also wrote the theme song for American Idol. Yeah. So I feel like what this is is an example of a song that would be great no matter who sang it because of the craft involved. And you really could have put Kylie Minogue on this. You could have put just about anybody on this song because it's not like Britney Spears has enough of a distinct vocal identity as a performer that she adds something inimitable to a track she really her voice is like as uncompelling as it can be and still be audible do you know what i mean like there's absolutely no this is what i really mean when i say that the lights are on but nobody's home like i just think that this person may have been extruded from the plastics factory too soon to have any like legitimate life experience that she could bring to this song some artists can make that up she cannot because i would not say she is an artist sorry no oh my god i wouldn't either let's put a pin in that okay because i that's so important to talk about because i completely agree with you uh but i so i'm just glad that this song exists in any form because we got to hear it and it's from a chart perspective uh interesting because britney spears's early career really didn't involve a lot of hit singles she had baby one more time she had you drive me crazy and oops i did it again and in america those were her only three top 10 hits from her first few albums and then this song returned her to the top 10 after many years off and it reached number nine so it's interesting to remember that britney spears really was so much more famous than her chart history at the time would have indicated But isn't that also exactly getting at what you were already talking about, which is that Britney Spears is not really an artist. And I have to say, I once gave an interview for a gay website that got me into a lot of flack, got me a lot of flack from a lot of gay people, because I said, I don't think that Britney Spears has anything to offer artistically. And I don't understand what it is about her that has made her so popular with people i mean i get it on maybe a that's cultural why level. yeah i mean i think we've talked about this before this sense that like in my high school class the most popular girl i won't say that she had no personality because that's not true but she was fairly um like reserved and um not she wasn't a big personality and um, I think that because she was very pretty and n- not like she was also enough of a blank that you could sort of project onto her. Like she was literally inoffensive. Like I don't think there was anyone in our class who didn't like her. Like some of the people in the cat pack around her was like, mm, I'd never need to see you again, but she was fine. 
And I wonder if that isn't um, somewhat applicable here. That sh- that yeah. Britney is kind of a blank. I mean, but the fact the, is, the thing that makes it so sad though is that it's clear that she is has suffered. She's she is oh, someone yeah. who who doesn't have a lot of she has no discernible artistic identity but it seems like that because she is a successful business product the people around her have so clearly decided that they're going to make her be their mannequin and yeah i saw her live uh twice and let me assure you she had nothing to offer either time and one time i was in the very very front of Madison Square Garden I was standing in front of the stage that's how close I was to her because I randomly had multiple friends who were performing in her circus tour as clowns so they were able to get me on the floor and that close it is true there is literally there was nothing going on in her face in her eyes like she was just moving through steps by rote and it was very sad honestly and um, it made me feel like both times it was just so clear that she wasn't really there. She wasn't clearly wasn't singing live. Her stage patter, such as it was, was pretty much "What's up, New York?" Yeah, and then that was it. And I was just like, "Why are we all here watching nothing?" Like, I, and I understand that we want to project an identity onto a person, and that as a blank slate, she can reflect a lot of things back to us. But what exactly is she reflecting back to us? That's that's the other thing I've never understood about her. Like, the songs are only good because of the production around them. Her voice is not that interesting. Yeah. Like, why? 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 Yeah, I don't know. I think it probably says something upsetting about what we as a culture need from uh, a female artist who mm-hmm. is not an artist can be controlled whose um personality is barely visible if it even exists um who is unchallenging and whose presentation of her sexuality is um this weirdly like extruded like i said desensualized depersonalized blow up doll with a hole that has nothing to do with an actual person and is all surface and i read something recently and i cannot remember exactly where but it, the, the it was essentially saying that we expected especially from female pop stars in the late 90s and early to mid aughts that they would be incredibly sexual while suggesting that they weren't aware of it yeah, or... We wanted them to be naively horny at all times. Sexual in a, um ideal reception way, and mm-hmm. not in a way with any agency coming from their ovaries, certainly. Right. And I think that where, you know, this used to be a... Um, this used to be like a running joke at television without pity. I forget how this even got started, but um, past guest Pam ribbon had some joke about how uh, Christina Aguilera would blow you for a Caesar salad. 
<laughs> and someone was like, with chicken? And she's like, no, no, no. She didn't need the chicken. <laughs> she doesn't even need the croutons. Caesar salad. Um, and there was something in that that was like, it was true. And that made me like Christina Aguilera more. That it was like, yeah, she would. Fucking good for her. I forget. I think it was like, death is not an option. That it was like, mm. would you rather Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? And I was like, you know, not, it's never Britney. Because she, I don't think she'll know what to do. And she'll just lie there. And it'll be oh, weird. God. Talking about all this, I'm just so grateful that this is not where we are anymore as a culture. Like, I'm just having all of these PTSD flashbacks to the arguments and the, like, the the articles and the the uncomfortable essays about the way that we are creating vapid vapidly sexual uh mannequins onto which to project the cultural desire and like yeah everything I'm not saying emotionally that we've, ugly about porn and there's not even any of the fucking like and it's not, i'm not saying that we've good like, job millennial are, america i'm not i'm not saying that we've completely gotten past all of this but like at least now we have billy eilish and Lady Gaga, like yeah. people who are like, and when, I mean, even at the time, we Madonna was still super popular at, at this yeah. time. But like, the people who feel like new are people. We, we've we've now got the Lady Gagas, the Adeles, the Billie Eilishes, the Beyonces, like the Lizzo's, the Rihannas, the the Lizzos. Yes, like people who. Th- this is not what the moment is anymore, and uh, thank God. And I, I have to say, like. I think about the fact that Britney Spears at least was, maybe still is, doing that Vegas residency. And again, I think, why would you go to... like? You might as well just play her music over the casino speaker while you're sitting at a slot machine for all of the like actual performance you're going to see. Right. But God bless. But that's what... I mean, I think this was arranged via the conservatorship that it's like, well, yeah. she needs a place to go and something that she can do that is fairly predictable and won't interfere with her medication schedule. And I have enormous compassion for the situation in which she has found herself in her yes. late 30s um, and like now cannot leave. And this is not... You know, I don't I don't think anyone is necessarily taking advantage of her. But I think this is someone who from such a young age between various struggles um, of a like neurochemical nature and like never having not been famous and with Lynn Spears cracking the whip over her and her sister, like did, did this person ever have a chance to be a person and not someone with a trademark symbol after her name? Probably not. Like the And I think it says something that I feel like Do you know how many perfumes she has, Mark? How many? She has it's like double digits. And they're all Holy international really? bestsellers. I know. Yeah, well, I Well you know, it's also Britney Spears is the epitome in a way of the or the early aughts syndrome where we started to just like listen listen to us talking about her right now. We don't know her, no. but we both are very confident that we know exactly what's up with her. And it's because of the way that the narrative around her was spun, which is that she was not a person. She was an object to be owned. She was an object to be owned by people who lusted after her, by yeah. people who felt she was an example of what was bad in the culture. Like no matter what side of the debate you fall on regarding her, 
It is hard not to talk about Britney Spears as anything other than a person to be owned. Yeah, or a doll because she, to be moved she, in whatever position you want. Yeah, because she's never de- demonstrated ever any sort of autonomy. And it's like we've been forced to watch, not forced, I mean, but we. it, it was hard to avoid the public performance of her non-autonomy for yeah. a very long time. Yeah. Now, that being said... Toxic is still a dope ass hit, and so is Baby One More Time. And I'm not mad to hear her song Stronger. Like it's it's fascinating too that she is still somehow connected to all of these songs that I enjoy. Yeah. The fact is, like, I think that we're both a little surprised that we had not spoken about her just yeah. about one of her songs until 150 odd episodes in. But based on everything that we've just said, it's not actually that surprising, is it? Because it's I like, guess it isn't. There's no, this is like an extremely shiny egg and there's no purchase on it, on the outside. That so it's like, it is exactly what it is, which is great, but there's, there's not a lot else to say. Yeah. And like, for instance, I can't imagine that we would ever need to now do another episode about Baby One More Time because it's all the same stuff. There's only one thing to say. It's this. Yeah. Whereas like, we keep going back to, even for Christ's sake, Yvonne Element. And it's like, there's, there's, there's actually more stuff to be said. There's plenty more to be said about many, many, many of the artists that we have talked about. But I honestly think that this might be it for me because what it would, if we talked about Baby One More Time, the structure would have been the same. Let's talk about how this song is really dope. Yeah. Isn't it uncomfortable that this affectless receptacle is... Uh, With has, these is, very weird, like, you know, <laughs> chorus kid pronunciations. Bible, Bible. Oh, she's so weird. <laughs> so let's feel happy and sad about everything related to the good songs of Britney Spears. Indeed. Best of luck, girl. Whoa, whoa. You know, I'm almost grown. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, and I'm doing all right in school. They ain't said I broke no rules. I ain't never been in Dutch. I don't browse around too much. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash massdass.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash massdass. And as always, thank you for listening. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.